Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Hello there and welcome to Circling the Bases. My name is Chris Crawford and you can call me Mike Benjamin in 1995 because I am filling in for Matt Williams. Uh, happy to be a part of the show. Just a reminder, uh, we go live Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I host, help host that podcast on Tuesday and Wednesday, but today I'm bringing in a very special guest who is, seems to be a part of this podcast an awful lot lately, uh, my good friend George Vissel. George, how are you doing today? Hey, Chris, I'm doing fantastic. We finally have some movement on the trade front, and we're getting close to the deadline. There's a lot of young starters that are making some noise, a lot of prospects coming up. So we have a ton to talk about. This is going to be an exciting show for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of which, just about a couple hours before we started recording on Sunday, we got one of the bigger names, a name that uh, has been basically been rumored to be moved since the start of the season, but has really helped his stock with a strong year. Um, in the DM, I called him Todd Frazier, but it's Adam Frazier that is heading from the Pittsburgh Pirates to the San Diego Padres. And this is a bit of a surprise landing spot for me, just because you don't necessarily think of San Diego as a team that was needing help in the infield. So it's interesting to see. But George, I'll ask you, like, what what type of fantasy are we? Obviously, I think you have to say his fantasy value goes up going from one of the worst teams in baseball to one of the best. But just how much do you think Adam Frazier's value goes up with this trade? I think the interesting thing is Adam Frazier's career trajectory was he was a super utility, a role player, a guy who played multiple spots, didn't always necessarily bat near the top of the lineup. But he's got a contact-oriented approach. I'll be fascinated to see where they bat him. I don't think it's going to be towards the top of the lineup. I think people are instantly going to assume that he's in competition with Jay Cronenworth for playing time. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I think Frazier's there to, you know, he'll play some second base, but Cronenworth will play every day at first base. I think Eric Hosmer is the guy who could lose playing time and become sort of like a righty-mashing bench bat here. I, I like the move for San Diego. I feel like they didn't have to give up a lot here in this deal, and I'm surprised there wasn't more of a push from some of the other contenders to get a guy like Frazier just because of the versatility where – he has so many avenues to playing time and to he seems like someone who could fit in in a part-time role where he doesn't need to be featured prominently as an everyday guy, even though he was an all-star this year. Right. He's a guy who's comfortable in a part-time role or, or being asked to do less. So I think he would have fit in with a lot of these contending teams. And I'm frankly surprised that more teams weren't in on him. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the same thing. Now, I will say this. Tucapito Marcano is a nice get for Pittsburgh. It's a guy – Borderline top 100 prospect, in my personal opinion, uh, a guy who could hit for average. The big thing about Tukapita Marcano is he does not strike out. He is a very contact-oriented swing. 
kind of like Luis Arias a little bit in the fact that uh, he's much more hit tool than power, um, can run a little bit better than uh, Arias can, but a, a guy that is going to be a solid player, but I expected more upside for a player like uh, Adam Frazier. I mean, Adam Frazier has been really good this year, hitting 327. You know, all-star, you know, only means so much. It's kind of like winning the gold glove is not does not make you a, de- a defensive stalwart necessarily. But I expected to see more here from uh, Adam Frazier. And it, it'll be interesting to see how this sets up the rest of the trade market. Because this is, this was one of the bigger names, quote-unquote. But uh, it, it kind of sets a baseline for some other deals. So I'll be really interested to see how other teams operate now. I think what's interesting is if you took a step back and went back a couple of years and said, mm-hmm. you, you're the, if you're the Pirates, you're going to be able to turn Adam Frazier into <laughs> a borderline, probably a top 100 prospect and some additional lottery tickets. Right. I think they would have taken that as a win for the organization. For so sure. I, it, it just in the moment, it doesn't look great because of how well Adam Frazier has played. But the Pirates' track record here the last couple of years, I mean, they've had some real big swings and misses. I mean, they, yes. the Austin Meadows, the, the Shane Boz, that trade uh, with yeah. Tyler Glasnow in there, that was one of the worst ones the last decade, no matter how you slice it. So they've had some a, a lot of misses, but overall I think they did okay on this deal. It's just like you said, I, I'm surprised there wasn't more – uh, interest from some of the other contenders on Frazier because he's a really good player who can do a lot of things for a contending squad. Absolutely. You mentioned Eric Hosmer. Now, Eric Hosmer was not exactly lighting the world on fire this year, but he has appeared in 92 games, uh, 710 OPS right now, eight homers. One of the things that's been kind of nice about him is he has provided five steals, which for a first baseman, let's let amplify that by like two or three. <laughs> so it, it is a it is a nice number to have, but if you were rostering Eric Hosmer, and let's say you're not in an NL-only league, and maybe even if you are, are you probably dropping Hosmer at this point? I would. I think there's a lot of better options out there. I mean, if you, right. even if you go look at, like, Rowdy Telez at a 200 sure. game, you can find power uh, at the first base spot. There's there's options out there. So I wouldn't be holding on to Hosmer, especially if the playing time is going to get slashed. Because the other thing, too, is Adam Fr- with Adam Frazier going in, you know, Will Myers could lose playing time as well. Sure. And he could be an option to move to first base, depending on some of these matchups. So it's not like Hosmer is going to be playing every day. I think he's the most logical guy to, to get uh, playing time slashed here in San Diego. Yeah, I would agree with that. And speaking of, so the White Sox didn't make a move, but uh, uh, you hear beat writers make this a lot, and sometimes they get mad at about it. But they're making a they're making an addition without having to trade prospects. They are having Eloy Jimenez. He is going to make his debut. If you're listening to this podcast today and on Monday, and you should be, uh, he is going to make his debut. Eloy Jimenez shows as much talent as any young outfielder in baseball. I'm super excited to see what he's going to do. George, just reciprocate how good Eloy Jimenez is. I mean, he checks all the boxes. I know his initial few seasons here have been sort of underwhelming, given the stratospheric expectations Expectations. that I think fantasy managers had. I think we fall into that trap sometimes when we see such a polished power hitter arrive on on, at the major league level. You think instantly this guy's going to be, you know, four category middle of the order superstar. And when right. it didn't really happen right away, it was still hitting for a lot of power. But mm-hmm. you know, the batting average kind of lagged, and he, he wasn't. I, I, producing at the level I think a lot of people expected. So 
he's been he's been really good though, and he he sort of checks all the boxes for what you want as a as a middle of the order guy. And we we love Eli. I mean, there's there's yeah. not a lot to say. He's been yeah. fantastic in the minor leagues. It was a fluke injury in spring training. Uh, it wasn't something like a wrist injury where sometimes you know guys coming back off of that or a hand issue it can sap right. their power a little bit. So this is sure. pectoral. So appears to be healed. He's been hitting for power in the minors. I don't have any concerns about him. And it's a, it's a big time addition for the White Sox who are also going to get a, you know, some other guys back from injury here down the stretch as well. And, and Lance Lynn, as we record, this is just dealing tonight. So <laughs> they're, they're set up to make a run here in Chicago. Yeah, they really are. And they're, it's one of those things too, where Chicago is going to get to take advantage of the fact that Nobody else in the AL Central seems to be trying. So that is going to be something that is going to really help. And look, you were talking about like Jimenez, and I would agree that he didn't quite um, live up to expectations, but it's kind of similar and a little bit only better number-wise to what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was doing before. Now, I'm not saying that Eloy Jimenez is ever going to reach what Vladimir Guerrero is doing right now. But in 2019, in his rookie year, he had an 828 OPS. In 2020, Yes, truncated season, but 296, 332, 559, 14 homers. I think everyone was just kind of banking on Eloy Jimenez that this being the big breakout year. And it makes sense, too. I believe he turns, uh, I think he's still 24, uh, if not, yeah, turns 25 in November. So I have huge expectations going forward. Do you think fantasy managers do need to uh, brace for maybe a little bit of struggle going uh early on like is this a guy that you're immediately putting in your lineup or you know how things go when that very first taste of major league pitching after a long layoff or is this a guy that you just need to set and forget i think he's someone you trust right out of the gate and looking at his numbers you know he had 30 homer seasons as a rookie and it was disappointing (laughs) yeah exactly that's that's so crazy we just have these these, such as inflated expectations and you know Eloy's a guy who's going to be around for a long time as an elite power hitter in this game so i am not concerned at all about him uh it's tough some of these young guys you know there there are adjustment periods it's it's more of when a guy gets traded or he switches leagues you know, as a free agent, that's when you worry about the adjustment periods, I think, more from a fantasy perspective. So I'm not that concerned about Eli. I think it's it's a nice little uh, – it's it's a bit of a soft landing here coming in. You get the Royals. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good pitching stat to take advantage of. They don't sure. have to face Daniel Lynch there. So, you know, he's going to have an opportunity to do some damage right out of the gate. So uh, I would be concerned. If I'm Mike Miner on Monday night, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near the strike zone with this guy coming up. No, that's a really good point. Yeah, that, that's going to be really interesting to see. Um, unfortunately, while one guy is uh, coming off the I.L., we got to talk about somebody who's going on the I.L. And unfortunately, this has been the theme for the, especially the shows that I do with Colin, just talking about injury <laughs> after injury. It's been – I know it's, it's partially – It's depressing, but yeah, – Yeah, we're, we're a victim of um, – victim of the moment type of thing. That's just the way all sports fans and all people are. But I've never felt injuries quite like this. And one of my very favorite players, unfortunately, is going on the injured list with a right hip injury in Mookie Betts. I don't, it, it's tough to tell how long this is going to be, but um, have any concerns about Mookie Betts for the rest of the year? I am a little bit because this was a chronic issue, I think, at the start of the year. This is something Dave Roberts talked about last weekend that this was something Mookie had been dealing with for a while. And you could see sort of the frustration last weekend when he re-aggravated it because right. he had had a four-hit night and he was just – he looked locked in. I mean, he, yeah. was, he was fantastic coming out of the All-Star break. He had gotten that little bit of rest. Remember, he took the All-Star break off. He didn't go to the game so that he could be ready to go. And 
I think there was some optimism that he was going to be able to sit out a day or two and everything was going to be fine. But when he was still having the issue and nothing was coming up on the MRIs, it's like, all right, we can't take any chances with a guy who's got a 14 year contract and is you know, the face of our franchise right sure. now. Yeah. You, yeah, you have to be safe. You have to proceed with extreme caution. So I am a little bit concerned because it's apparently been bothering him all year and they don't seem to know what's wrong. Yeah. That was my big concern. I think you hit the nail on the head is that, they don't know what's really going on with them. I mean, they obviously have a little bit of an idea, but they don't really know what's going to make this stop this year. And hopefully it doesn't lead to some sort of surgery or anything like that. That's obvious point is obvious. And it's, I, I'm glad you brought that up. He was so like Mookie Betts was having a middling season to be completely honest. Certainly he said it was bad. Hey, yeah, he, he mean, said yeah. it himself. I'm yeah. not having a good year. If Mar- Mar- yeah. If Marcus Lynn Betts says that he is uh not having a good year, then we have to take his word for it. But he was so coming around. I mean, I was getting very excited as somebody who has him rostered in several leagues, seeing that game where he had, I believe that four-hit game, he had three doubles and a homer before he came out, which is good. And uh, it's just disappointing. Um, potential, obviously, you can't one-for-one one Mookie Betts. Again, let's make the most obvious point possible. But if you're looking for replacements in the short term, who are some guys that you maybe have some eye on for uh, best replacement? Oh, I would go Enrique Hernandez. I think he's a guy who uh, we've been talking about a lot. I know DJ Short, our colleague at NBC Sports Edge, he's been writing about him a lot in the waiver wire pickups. Sure. Hernandez has been he's he's been clutch for the Red Sox, but he's been one of the hottest hitters in the American League coming out of the All Star break. Uh, there's there's a couple other guys too. I think could uh, that would make sense. Hernandez has 11 hits in nine games uh, wow. since the All Star break. Uh, wow. Hunter Dozier, I think, has some outfield. I don't know if he has outfield eligibility still, but more of a third base guy, but he's been he's been on a hot streak there for uh, the Royals. He'd be a guy I would I would look at and uh, let's see. Harrison Bader's been good too. He had a couple. I think he had three hits and a, and a homer tonight uh, on Sunday as we record this. So he's a guy who could give you some steals as well. So those are just a few of the guys deeper out there. Uh, I could talk about Dalton Varsho for a while, but he's more yeah. of a catcher target. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get to him at some point, but yeah, those are a absolutely. few of the guys I'm looking at right now that I, I think are hot and I think are, are poised to go on a little bit of a run here for the next couple of weeks. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Are you looking at any of the replacement outfielders for the Dodgers or are those guys more DFS type or streaming type guys? Uh, 
really doubt that I yet you would recommend any, either of them to fantasy, but just confirm the bias. Uh, no, I, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on Billy McKinney. I mean, <laughs> McKinney had that nice stretch, I think, for the Mets. He can, was it the Mets or the Brewers? I can't remember. It might have been the Brewers. The Brewers, yeah. Yeah, he kind of kept them afloat early on and when they had the injuries with Yelich and everybody there and, and Kane. So nice player, capable of going on. Anything can happen in, in, a, in a small sample size, but we have a lot of track record with some of those guys where it's like, no, just not. Not going to do that. There are better alternatives out there, especially if you're in a shallower league. Absolutely. So before we get into the second half of our show, do have a special offer for our listeners. Use promo code BASIS10 and you get 10% off any premium subscription for NBC Sports Edge+. Plus. You can use it monthly, you can use it yearly, and you can use it for any tier. So not only do you get access to the baseball season tools, but your subscription also covers the NBA, the NHL, go cracking, even though I was pretty disappointed (laughs) in the expansion draft, and NFL. So it's a great value, and it can help you if you play just baseball or if you have your hands in all sports. So remember, it's promo code BASES10, and you can go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash premium to get started. Make sure you're checking out the new NBC Sports Edge app. Clean new information, customize that information, the ability to use it for all sports. Again, that is massive. Just search for NBC Sports Edge in either the Apple Store or the Google Play App Store. And finally, hear the Olympics you've never heard before with the podium, an NBC Olympics podcast. Follow along with host Lauren Shahadi as we bring you deep into the stories and behind the curtains each day during the Tokyo Olympics. And you can listen to that wherever you get podcasts. George, have you been watching the Olympics? I have. I saw some of the gymnastics tonight. I saw, uh, I think it was the the triathlon. They... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's fascinating because yeah. I mean just watching Simone Biles like she's yes. amazing unreal. just unreal. how high her flow routine we were recording this on Sunday night she had her flow yeah. routine it's the qualifying round yeah. but just how high she can get on some of these jumps it's it's, it's so it's incredible unreal. to watch it's, it's unreal it's been it's been kind of fun because I watched the I watched the gymnastics because I'm just fascinated by how athletic these people are. And then I watched three-on-three basketball and was fascinated by how unathletic those people were. It was like watching – and no no disrespect. These guys could beat the crap out of me at any any athletic sport. But it was like watching local pickup basketball at your Bally's. Like it was really weird. Like I expected to see like former NBA guys playing for different countries. It was not that – and again, handball. Handball is the best sport in the Olympics. <laughs> I don't care what anybody tells me. I'm going to be watching all the baseball. I'm going to be watching all the basketball. By the way, lost to France. I'm getting real excited about the uh, chance, or the USA's chances after that uh, you-know-what show. But handball is the best. George, do you ever watch handball? I haven't. No, you're oh going to tell gosh. me about it. It's so good. Think of it as um, – uh soccer mixed with lacrosse but you're throwing the baseball and these guys throw so hard it's so fun to watch and um there's no shot clock so you're like setting up uh different things and um there's a lot of scoring but not like so much scoring where it becomes uninteresting handball 
I want the USA to get good at handball. Let's put Jacob DeGrom on the team handball team next year because I can only imagine how many goals he could score with you that know, stuff. We we talked about uh, Mookie Betts earlier, but he probably would be amazing at most Olympic sports. He's oh, probably, my gosh. Other yeah. than Shohei Otani, he's probably yeah. the most talented cross-sport athlete in baseball right now with you bowling, know, and yeah. I bet he could play anything. Oh, We've I'm seen him sure. run routes and yeah. do, like, football yeah. drills. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That guy – is amazing, and he was traded for financial flexibility. Don't uh, remind me. I'm in, I'm in New England. I am very aware of this. Uh, I watched the fencing as well. I saw the fencing. Oh, uh, so good. Uh, I, I, uh, I an American one. Right uh, she's so yeah. good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I've, of course, Team USA all the way. It's fun <laughs> to see them. And speaking of throwing hard, I wanted to talk to George about we had three really nice pitching performances on Sunday from young pitchers. Um, let's start with a guy that uh, really actually struggled to begin the year. And uh, the reason I'm starting with him is because I have his page open right now. And Mr. Daniel Lynch, um, he was awful in his first three starts. And awful is probably an understatement. He threw eight shutout innings, uh, didn't walk anybody, gave up five hits, threw 65 pitches for strikes. Even doing that, his ERA now sits at 7.88. Are you buying or selling Daniel Lynch having fantasy relevant the rest of the year? I buy him relative to some of the other pickup type of guys. Like if you want to throw some names, if you want to say like uh, Lynch or Willie Peralta, I'm taking Lynch. Just it's not necessarily like the upside. It's just, it's the sustainability of the performance. I think what Lynch has done is, is more sustainable. There's a lot of red flags with Peralta. So that, that would be like the kind of comparison I have in my mind. But Lynch, I, I mean, you mentioned it. He's really struggled out of the gate. I, I was impressed by what he did today. The Tigers lineup, I know people are going to say, oh, the Tigers, they're not good. Well, that lineup's pretty good. Akil yeah, Badu's good. Jonathan Scope has been a really good hitter this year. Eric Haas has had some nice games. So there aren't a lot of easy outs in that lineup. The bottom of it's not great, but you know, you go out and throw eight shot innings against anybody. I'm going to be impressed by that. So yeah, I like Lynch. There's a lot of good pitching out there. I feel like that's been the theme throughout the year, but if you're speculating on the guys who I think are going to get an opportunity for the final two months, Lynch is somebody where the Royals, they have nothing to lose than to give him a shot and see what they have. So I would be rostering him based on that alone. Yeah, I would agree too. I would be rostering him, and then you got to pick your spots from who he's pitching against. So, um, but this is a guy who is, was criminally underrated coming in uh, out of Virginia. Uh, a pitcher who has four pitches that can miss bats. He locates them all. He throws uh, everything for strikes, and uh, the you know we talk about control and command. He is a guy who has command and control. That is a very important thing. Did not show that in those first three starts, and that's an understatement. But that's another case where we have seen plenty of guys struggle early on. Um, I am definitely a believer in Daniel Lynch. And long-term, I'm a believer in this guy as well. And I'm going to call him JoJo Gray because that's what he went by when he was being drafted. And that's what I'm going to keep going by. Uh, Josiah Gray, in his – I just changed my mind in the middle of the thing. That's pretty fun. Uh, Threw four innings today, gave up two runs, did walk four and struck out six, but showed off some electric stuff. And he did the same thing in his debut against the Giants. I think this one might be pretty easy, but are you buying Gray as a as a play for the rest of 2021? Yeah, I, JoJo's a really fantastic pitcher. He's got yeah. a really good mix of the fastball, the curveball, uh, slider combo. There, he's he's got 
plus breaking stuff. And when you do that, you can generate swinging strikes the way he did. He had 19 swinging strikes today. Wow. To, to put that in context, like Aaron Nola had 19 today against the Braves, and that's yeah. one of the premier guys in the game. And so that, that puts him on par with that. Uh, that level of pitcher. Now I think it's going to be shorter bursts. I don't think you're going to see him go beyond six, seven innings. That's not going to happen, but right. I, the home runs are going to be an issue. We saw he, I think he gave up three or four in his debut. Uh, So there is some hard contact. You know who he reminds me a lot of is Brandon Morrow. I can see that just because he, he throws hard and he's got real good life on the fastball. There's a little bit of a Homer prone thing going on there where if you, you get him, it's probably going to be a Homer, but right. he's going to, he's going to get a ton of swings and misses. So that's kind of who he reminds me of historically just as a comp. But uh, I really like uh, Jojo Gray. He's going to be a really good pitcher for a long time. And I was worried at first that this was more of like a showcase thing, but he, he's here for good. He's, he, he's not going anywhere. Dodgers yeah. going to hang on to him. Yeah, it sure seems that way anyway. The the one thing I would say about Gray, and this is kind of weird, I'm still kind of getting used to this a little bit, but I am more interested in starting Gray when I know there's an opener before him because mm-hmm. of that chance to get that win. Because I think there are going to be a lot of four-inning outings. I think that they're going to play things safe uh, just because they kind of can, for one. And two, um, it's just a, a more efficient way of using him. So look, if he's throwing, this is the way this stupid rule works. If he throws just four innings as the starter, he's not going to get that W. And the W, whether it should be or not, is a big part of fantasy baseball right now. If he comes in after one of these opener guys and throws four innings, his chance for the win exceeds a, a billion percent or how or exponentially because he literally has the chance to get it. And while I think that's a stupid way to do things, I unfortunately think – that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. Gray's been one of the few bright spots in LA. They had the, yeah. that series. I think it was three straight meltdowns in the ninth. Yeah. Oh. Kenley Jansen was featured prominently in a bunch of those. And then he bounced back and had a good outing on Saturday night. So yeah. look, they, there's bigger issues in LA going on and yeah, they got to get healthy and they got to find a way to add some talent here. But Gray is going to be a big part of uh, their postseason. I think he's going to have an impact similar to what Dustin May did last year uh, for this team when he came on and was a weapon, you know, out of the bullpen or whatever type of role they needed, uh, he could kind of do. So I think that's how they're going to use him down the stretch here. Very, very, very good chance of that. Uh, a guy who could be used like that, but was used just as a starter today, is my good friend, even though he doesn't know me, Tuki Tassant. Uh, Tuki Toussaint was excellent today. He threw seven innings, or excuse me, on Sunday, he threw seven innings, allowed five hits, gave up one run, didn't walk anybody, and he struck out 10. The only run he gave up was on a homer to Gene Segura, who has been much better than I think people have uh, given him credit for this year. But this was an example of the Tuki Toussaint that everybody has been wanting to see, um, a guy who is, was one of the top prospects in that draft class. Uh, was traded in one of the worst process trades that I've ever oh. seen in my entire life. Um, and now uh, has, you know, frustrated. There's been flashes of brilliance, but they've been followed by flashes of whatever you would say the exact opposite of brilliance is. How much faith should fantasy managers have in Tuki Tassan? It's a really interesting question because – there's a complicating factor here, and it's the control. Okay, if you yeah. go look at some of his minor league numbers, I know it's not a lot of innings, but he was walking about five guys per nine. And yep. sure, he had a strikeout rate over 13% now <laughs> per nine <laughs> yeah. in, in the minor. So 
look, he didn't walk anybody today, but and and he got a lot of really bad swings. I mean, there was one because I, I covered this game for uh, NBC Sports Edge, and I was watching it, and man. There was one where Reese Hoskins, he swung at a ball in the left-hand batter's box on a curveball. <laughs> I mean, he was making some of these hitters look yeah. really bad. And, and Toussaint, you mentioned that he's always had that fantastic curveball, even as an amateur. I mean, that was the calling card with him. Was right. This guy's got a nasty curveball. If he can get iron out the command, he's probably a starter. And I think the control issues are still there, but right now through two starts, he's been able to solve them. And I just worry where if, if teams stop chasing the breaking ball – because some of these are not close to being in the zone. He was able to, to locate in the zone with the breaking ball, and his fastball command has been good in these two outings. But if that wavers and teams stop chasing, that's when the walks are going to go up. You got traffic on the base paths, and all it takes is one mistake, and it's a three-run homer. It's it, You're in trouble. So that's my concern with Tucson. I, I think he's going to be fine, and if he keeps pitching like this with the command, uh, the sky's the limit because the strikeout potential is through the roof. Yeah, I am a big believer still in Tuki Toussaint long-term. As a prospect guy, it's tough for me to give up on arms like this. It's probably my biggest weakness is that it's just difficult to uh, say what somebody is. So here's what I would say. I am definitely using Toussaint, but if I'm in a matchup where things are like very close and projected to be close, I might look otherwise because I will admit I think he has as much volatility as any pitcher that you could start in a game because there is that chance of getting that Daniel Lynch type start that we were talking about before that start where he only goes two thirds of an innings and walks six and gets charged for five runs. There is that chance, but there's also the opportunity to do what he did today. Like, look, the, the Phillies aren't um, a, the, the reincarnation of the 2070 Yankees, but there's good <laughs> quality hitters in that lineup that oh, he yeah. made look, stupid today or stupid on Sunday night. So yeah, there's risk, but there's an awful lot of reward. Well, the range of outcomes here is, is so <laughs> wide. I mean, yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it's the Mariana trench of outcomes <laughs> when, when you're dealing with guys with control issues and, yeah. and incredible stuff. That's the issue. So I, I think the more fascinating question for me is if you're in a keeper or a dynasty league, I think this is an opportunity to sell high. I, yeah. As much as we really both believe in him and think sure. he's going to be good, yeah, the value is never going to get higher than it is right now. So if I could turn Toussaint into like Patrick Sandoval, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. That's a, that's that a would, fun one. Like those are the those are the trades I love sitting here thinking about. So like <laughs> I, I love Patrick Sandoval. I if I could use Toussaint as a chip to, to go out and get somebody like that who has a little bit more of a track record of you know they've solved some of the volatility issues and, and they're a little more consistent at the big league level. For all we know, Toussaint could go out there and pitch great for five starts here down the stretch and make us look stupid. But until that happens, you're never really going to know. So you always take the sure thing, and I think I'd be looking to move him if I'm in a longer-term format. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, it's a good point. But I will ask that the next time you come on, uh, dumb it down a little bit. Mariana Trench, come on. That, I, I was <laughs> like, what? What? Mariana Rivera? Doug Trench? What's going on here? No. Uh, <laughs> that is good information. <laughs> but stop making me feel stupid. Uh, that's going to do it for us. I want to thank George again for taking part. Uh, George, tell us uh, where we can find your work and uh, what you're up to, all that good stuff. Yeah, so you can read the Daily Dose columns. I do them on Tuesday nights and Saturday nights. Those go up on Wednesdays and Sundays. And I do just 
a lot of game recaps. So if you're reading <laughs> the player news over yeah. at NBC Sports Edge, now, very good chance. Most nights, it's it's Chris or myself, and we yeah. have a really great team. I mean, yeah. DJ, we, we brought on a lot of great new talent this year, and I I, I could shout them all out right now, but they knew who <laughs> they are, and you've probably read their stuff or watched their yeah. video breakdowns. We we just have such a great group this year, and it's it's so fun to work with all of them, and and you, Chris. So uh, I'm just so fortunate to be doing this. And check out the daily doses Wednesdays and Sundays over at NBC Sports Edge. Absolutely, it's great stuff, and I reciprocate everything George says, and I reciprocate it back to him as well. And that is my vocabulary word of the day. <laughs> Thank you again, George, for taking part. Uh, stay tuned tomorrow, Drew and Janice, as they bring you their power rankings. Uh, you can follow George on Twitter at George Bissell, and that's double S double L, right? That's right, like the vacuum. Easiest way to remember it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And you can follow me at Crawford underscore M I L B. Thanks again. However you're uh, listening to the podcast, if you have a chance to rate us, I've heard five stars is really nice to do. I'll get tired of making that joke someday, but it's not today. Thanks again. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.